The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. It's back to school time for many kids in the Richmond area, including a new freshman class at the Maggie Walker Governor's School. They're the first class admitted under a new admission policy. Megan Polly reports. In an effort to diversify the pool of new students, the school's board voted in 2020 to remove an achievement test, but decided to keep the aptitude test. The following school year, both tests were waived temporarily because of the pandemic. So that means this is the first year the school's updated testing requirements impacted admissions. Bob Lowry is Maggie Walker's principal. And there was a lot of talk about folks that thought we were lowering standards, and I firmly believe that we are not. We're just looking at things a little bit differently. Without the achievement test, but with the aptitude test, the percentage of black students admitted to Mackey Walker this year doubled from 4% in 2020 to 8%. But the percentage of black applicants to Mackey Walker remained steady at 18% both years. Lowry said the school needs to do more outreach to make sure all students know the school is an option for them. Megan Polly, VPM News. When middle and high school students return to class in Chesterfield County this week, they'll find a book on library shelves that was almost removed by the school district. As VPM News intern Davis Alcorn reports, the book chronicles the experiences of six transgender teens. A note to our listeners, this story mentions suicide. Around 2009, the young adult author Susan Cooklin was approached by a librarian about the lack of LGBTQ books. Cooklin quickly landed on transgender teens as the focus of her project Beyond Magenta because she was sympathetic to the lack of understanding and visibility the community had over a decade ago. I've gotten at least six emails from people from here, from Japan, from England, including uh, some young transgender people who were considering suicide. And then read the book and just felt, felt clearer about who they were and what their next steps were. The book has been generally well-received since its publication, but it's become the target of conservative backlash as a part of a larger culture war in classrooms. Mark Lowen is a child and family counselor at Launchpad Counseling. He says representation of diverse perspectives is important in school settings. It's hard to figure out who you are when you're not presented with all the options of who you might be. Lowen says he understands parents might fear introducing their kids to difficult information, but thinks it would be better to express this fear through support rather than restriction. David Salkorn, BPM News. A sixth former member of the Delta Chi fraternity at Virginia Commonwealth University pleaded guilty to misdemeanor charges connected to the death of student Adam Oaks. Oaks died as a result of alcohol poisoning following an off-campus pledge event in February 2021. According to the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Benjamin Corrado pleaded guilty yesterday to hazing and giving alcohol to a minor. As part of the plea agreement, he'll not go to jail. Instead, he will participate in 100 hours of community service and attend four hazing prevention training courses. Eleven students have been charged related to Oaks' death. So far, none of them will be serving time in jail. 
A new billboard is in the skyline of Martinsville. A rainbow sign with the Bible verse, Love Thy Neighbor, was commissioned by resident Ariel Vaughn to support the LGBTQ community, according to the Martinsville Bulletin. The signage is in response to another billboard put up in 2019 by Thomas Farrell of Thou Shall Ministries that read, Marriage is one man plus one woman. Vaughn raised $2,000 to install the LGBTQ pride billboard, but the pandemic put the project on hold. It's been installed since Memorial Day and was only supposed to be up for four weeks, but Vaughn told the newspaper the billboard company hasn't taken it down yet because they don't have anything to replace it with. For the past several years, a research team has been looking into what's happening to Virginia's coastal forests. Catherine Hafner from partner station WHRO tells us what they found. The research comes from the Virginia Department of Forestry and nonprofit Green Infrastructure Center. They chose to study the peninsula because it has a mix of urban, suburban, and rural land. Forests cover about half of the total area, which includes Williamsburg, Gloucester County, and Pocosin. Matt Lee with the center says forests have a lot of value that's sometimes invisible or taken for granted. They help lessen the impacts of flooding and heat, for example. But many things threaten our coastal forests, and they compound each other. Here's Lee. Sea level rise brings in salt water into forests where there wasn't normally salt water before, and that can kill the trees or stress them out. Then they're more at risk of pests and disease, which can create debris, leading to fire risk, and so on. Megan Mulroy-Goldman of the State Forestry Department says she hopes people will plan for these threats in the years to come. Whether they're a large stand of trees in a rural area or a single tree that might be in your front yard or on your street, those are providing for everybody. They're working with local officials to develop solutions. That was Catherine Hafner reporting. A reminder to mark your calendar, the Chesterfield County Fair starts this Friday. The week-long fair has been happening for 111 years. Organizers say it was originally created to provide local farmers a chance to show off their crops and to meet up with friends. Now it's expanded to include parades and concerts. The fair is happening August 26th through September 3rd at the fairgrounds on Courthouse Road. Former Roanoke Times reporter Beth Macy chronicled the spread of the U.S. opioid epidemic in her 2018 book, Dope Sick. Macy also helped write a Hulu series of the same name, which was recently nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Limited Series. Her new book, Raising Lazarus, follows people working to combat opioid addiction. VPM News' Connor Scribner recently spoke with Macy about her reporting. In Dopesick, you wrote about how opioid addiction has been stigmatized and criminalized in the U.S., as well as the effects that has on people struggling with addiction. Could you talk a bit about how that stigma operates? At the end of Dopesick, a young woman whose story I've been following for over two and a half years is brutally murdered on Christmas Eve. Her body's found in a dumpster. Her name was Tess Henry. Everybody says stigma is the number one cause of the fact that this crisis isn't getting better. And you hear it so much, you almost don't even pay attention to it. But when you look back on her story, you saw her hitting barrier after barrier. And those barriers are caused by stigma. Stigma is why we have these special rules that doctors have to have special training to prescribe the treatment for opioid use disorder. When they don't have to have special training to prescribe the drugs that, for instance, got her addicted to begin with. And what she said to me the first time I interviewed her back in 2015 was, we need urgent care for the addicted. And she didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what that looked like. But the new book, Raising Lazarus, really shows, gives you stories about what that might be on the ground. 
I want to show that if we could only scale up what these people were doing on the ground, we could actually have a chance at turning this back. What are people doing to combat opioid addiction as it continues to spread? The people that I see who are doing the most to reach out to the addicted population are the ones that are meeting them where they are. You have this group of uh, harm reduction workers who are going out and meeting them, whether it be in needle exchanges or fast food parking parking lots, and trying to help them by triaging their needs, whether that be getting them help with housing, getting them food, or getting them on medication-assisted treatment, giving them clean needles to stay safe and to stop the spread of HIV and hepatitis C. Law enforcement can play a big role too. I see these people, mainly women, who are willing to kind of rewrite some of the rules. And so you have a sheriff in Fairfax County, Virginia, who has figured out that people will stop coming back to jail over and over and over if she actually helps rehabilitate them while they're in the jail. Do you think the stigma around opioid addiction is beginning to fade? I think it is some, but I I think we're so inculcated in drug war thinking. These things are still a crime. Possession is still a crime. We need to shift the way we see people who use drugs as people with a treatable medical condition. And too often when people propose the jails start to do that, they are seen as coddling inmates rather than doing innovative things. I have an example in the book from Mount Airy, North Carolina, where one good cop makes a huge difference. He decides to start diverting people from jail and into treatment. Not everyone, but those who are really desperate to give it a try. And so I was able to watch a woman go from operating a trap house. She gets arrested with dope. And instead of putting her away again, she's been in and out of jail and prison her whole adult life. They actually get her treatment. She just celebrated 14 months clean the other day. Wow. Beth, thank you for speaking with me today. Thank you. That was VPM News' Connor Scribner talking to journalist Beth Macy about her two books on opioid addiction. Macy will discuss her latest work tonight at 6 p.m. at the Library of Virginia in Richmond. Admission is free, but online registration is required. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPM podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> 